0: Well, Merry Christmas. It's great to be here with you at Christmas 2020. Wow, it's an unusual Christmas for sure. Um, And what Christmas, we have to remember, maybe now more than ever, we can begin to understand that Christmas is about God becoming a man, becoming a human being. Now, you gotta ask a question. (laughs) What kind of a God does that? What kind of a God becomes a human being? Certainly not the gods contemporary with Jesus coming to earth like the Egyptian gods or the God of Baal or Ashtoreth or, or Marduk or any of these gods. They would have never done that. They were cruel gods. They were demanding gods, even asking people to sacrifice their own children so that they could be right with them, full of rules and regulations and the people were afraid of their gods. What kind of a god would come to be a human being? And limit himself to a human body and, and limit himself to having human parents and being under the regulations of governors and, 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 and kings and emperors. What kind of a God would undergo all the ridicule and even the sufferings in a human body and the pain you would have to go through? What kind of a God would become a human being? That's what Christmas is all about. And you have to ask yourself the question, what kind of a God would do that? Well, the only possible answer is the one given in Scripture. And the one given in Scripture is that God loves us. That's right. He thinks about you. He, he, he has feelings for us. God loves us. That's the answer Scripture gives us. You know, let me try and think this through with you a little bit. Now, why would God do, love us so much? Why would he do these things so lovingly to us? Why would he love us? Well, as we read in the Bible, we see in Matthew chapter 1 that Mary had become pregnant by God, according to Scripture, and an angel appeared to Joseph, her fiancé, and the angel was telling him, don't put her away quietly like you planned, but instead... Take her as your wife. Listen to what he says. He says this, she will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. Did you catch that? That's why God loves us. He wants to love us to himself through paying for our sins. This was what Jesus did. God came to earth because he loves humans so much, even to the point where he would limit himself to a human body because he loves us. And he wants to save us from our sin. You see, the context of scripture is this. Ever since Adam and Eve sinned against God, rebelled against God in the Garden of Eden, sin has infiltrated the human race to such an extent that every human being, every human being that's ever walked the planet Earth has sinned. Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Did you notice that word all? All have sinned. It's as though God has a standard. In fact, the scripture calls him holy or perfect. He is so perfect, so holy. No human being can measure up. But he loves us. But there's this problem of sin that keeps us from being holy like he is, keeps us from being sinless like God is. So he sends Jesus to actually take care of that problem. You know, by Jesus coming to earth and becoming a human being, it proves that God thinks about us. God dreams about us. God even has a plan for us even if if we don't think about him. Someone this last week gave me a a story. It's actually a letter, a fictitious letter that would have been written by Mary to Joseph. Uh, Listen listen to this letter. It, It makes a very good point. Dear Joseph, I had a dream. I don't really understand it, not really, but I think it was about a birthday celebration for our son. I think that that what, was, what it was doing, what it was all about, was that the people were preparing and planning for weeks and weeks to have this celebration for our son. They had decorated the house and, and bought new clothes to celebrate. They had gone shopping many times and bought elaborate gifts. It was peculiar though, because the presents weren't for our son, weren't for the birthday boy. They wrapped them in beautiful paper, though, and tied them in in lovely bows and stacked them under a tree. Yeah, that's right, Joseph, a tree in their house. They decorated the tree also. The branches were full of glowing balls and sparkling ornaments. There was a figure on the top of the tree. It looked like the figure of an angel. Oh, it was beautiful. Everyone was laughing and happy. They were all excited about the gifts. They gave gifts to each other, Joseph, but somehow not to our own son. I don't think they even knew him. They never mentioned his name. Doesn't it seem kind of odd that people would go to all the trouble to celebrate someone's birthday birthday if they don't even know him? I had the strangest feeling that our son, if our son had gone to celebrate at his own party, he would have been viewed like an intruder. Everything was so beautiful, Joseph, and everyone was so cheerful, But it made me cry. How sad, Jesus. How sad for Jesus, our son, not to be wanted at his own birthday celebration. Boy, I'm glad it was just a dream. How terrible, Joseph, if it had been real. Whoa. So often in our Americanized culture, this is what it's like. In fact, in the world, People celebrate Christmas and, and buy presents and give them to each other and have a Christmas tree and put up lights and all these things in celebration of Jesus, but we never mention Jesus. The whole idea that Jesus came. How, how does this whole thing work? That God loves us, that he sent Jesus. You know, the fact that Jesus came kind of proves that God thinks about us, right? And he, he wants us, he made a plan for us, but what is that plan? John 3, 16 answers that question of how God does it better than any verse I can think of in the whole Bible. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world, he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal, everlasting life. Wow! God actually loves us so much. Notice the key in the middle of it. He gave his Son. It proves God's love for us. He gave his Son what would that do? Why would giving his son make a difference? Well, here's the difference. Let me try and explain it just theologically. Theologically, we were guilty. Theologically, we're sinners. God's holy. He can't be with us. But Jesus was the sacrifice on the cross for our sin. Jesus substituted for what you did wrong, what you're guilty of, what I'm guilty of by paying the price for it in God's eyes so that we could be seen like Jesus, holy, righteous before God. That's why Jesus came. That's what it all means. Jesus became our substitute for our sin so that we could be seen right in God's eyes. Wow, if that's not love, what is? You know, a few years back, my middle daughter, Julia, and her husband, Jeff, adopted two boys, separate adoptions, two two young boys. They already had two children, so they have four children now. And two boys were adopted, and I went to both of the court cases. So I'm sitting there in court, and the judge is asking questions, and um, papers are ta- taken out, and papers are talked about, and the lawyers are debating, and they're signing the papers. And all of this was happening because Jeff and Jules, my daughter and her husband, had been dreaming of this thinking about this, hoping for this, and even planning for this. Then, finally, even paying the court costs for this to happen. It's the same with us. God thinks about us, dreams about you. He has feelings for you. He hasn't even met you yet. You haven't even met him yet, and he's planning for you to find Jesus and come to him because he loves you. He will even pay the price for your sin. Wow. How phenomenal is that? My two little grandsons, cute as they are, they never did a thing to earn it. Never never did a thing to get it. They, They didn't even know it. It happened because Jeff and Jules loved it. God has provided a way for you to know him because he loves you. Now, let me ask the final question. What would keep you and me from responding to a God- that the scripture clearly reveals in Jesus' coming proves that he loves us. What would keep me from loving him back? He who loved me first. The Bible says there's only one thing. We love our sin more than we love God. Wow. We would love our own way, our own pride, our own selfish things, our own greedy things. We're actually afraid of God, afraid of this God of love that he would require something, want something from us. And we're afraid to give that up. Our own sin is the only thing, our love of sin that keeps us from him. What I'm hoping is that today, whether you've been in church long or not, you begin to understand this truth and you come to this loving God. God loves you. Can I help you through prayer right now to respond to him? Maybe you need to repent, which was the Bible just clearly telling us Turn from it and say, Lord, I don't want to love myself. I don't want to love my sin more than I love you. I want to respond to this loving God given to me through Jesus Christ coming to earth. Bow with me in prayer right now. Come on, let's pray and talk to God. Dear Lord, this Christmas Eve, all of us want to humble our hearts before you and celebrate your birthday, the birthday of you coming to earth to be a human being and pay the price for our sins so that we could be with you, our loving God. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for providing Jesus as our Savior, as the angel announced to Joseph. As an act of my will. If you want to pray this, here it is. As an act of my will, Lord, I'm asking you to save me. I confess to you, I am a sinner. I do want your salvation through Jesus Christ. I do accept you. I do believe this. John 3.16 says the key to the whole thing is belief. Well, Lord, I'm deciding to believe. Jesus is my Savior and this Christmas Eve of the giving of presents and all the lights and even this service is all a celebration of God's love for me. And I thank you, Lord, for loving me even when I didn't think about you. Thank you. I pray for our relationship to grow stronger and deeper as you plan that for me, for my future. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. God bless you. If you prayed that prayer with all sincerity, I wanna wanna promise you, and tell you that on the basis of scripture, you're now a child of God. You've been brought into the very family of God. In fact, the Bible uses that very word adoption, which is what happened to my grandkids. Adoption. He's adopted you into his family all because Jesus came. What kind of a God would become a human being? A God who loves you. God bless you. Merry Christmas. Thanks for listening.